It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome to another episode of Cause Monday here on The Hive Sports, at The Hive Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and then TheHiveSports.com. Um, we're super stoked to have Ian uh, Prescott with us today to hang out and talk some BYU football. So, Ian, how you doing today? And, and let's hear a little bit about your Cougar fandom, how you became a fan and things that way. Doing great, doing great. I uh, Yeah, so I've been a BYU fan um, basically my whole life. Um, I grew up in the... I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s um, during the glory years and just kind of my dad took me to a few games and he he wasn't a crazy fan like I am, but um, it just, I don't know, just kind of caught fire and um, he took me to the Miami game in 1990 and one of my, another memory I have is watching uh, BYU go into South Bend and beat Notre Dame in 94 and that just kind of, I don't know, just ever since then I just kind of caught fire and I've just always been a passionate fan ever since then. That's awesome. It's cool for me to like hear stories from other fans and how they got connected. My side is a little bit different. I went over to my neighbor's house and watched uh, the Brandon Dome and Luke Staley game um, when uh, Luke Staley ran in that touchdown to to end it and um, on the mm-hmm. comeback. And that was kind of my first exposure. My mom's a Cougar. My dad's a Ute. So um, it's oh, kind of wow. just we never really were connected to sports that way too much. But then from there, I started like trying to watch games wherever. So it's cool that you got to yeah. go to some of those those games like the Miami game and, and the Notre yeah. Dame game to kind of solidify that fandom. Um, yeah. Just so people know where to find you on Twitter. What's where's the best place to, to look at your tweets and kind of see it, some of the things you're saying about BYU? Uh, it's Jansport BYU, and it's hard, it's debatable whether or not my tweets are are worthwhile. But yeah, it's Jansport BYU. <laughs> awesome. I always just <laughs> I always remember when I first started on Twitter. I was like, hey, there's this guy. His name's Backpack. So <laughs> it was one of those cool things where I was just like, this is a cool name. I need to come up with. For a long time, I used this this name that I, I used DJ Jab. So Dan will still mm-hmm. call me DJ every once in a while. But I decided to switch it over to my real name because I figured it would allow um, with the Hive Sports to connect a little bit more. But <laughs> enough about yeah. me. But um, I, I wanted to talk a lot about the game yesterday. It was a painful one. I'm sure it was painful for you too. Um, I I was there in um, my my season ticket seat, which is in the south end zone, and then I also had a work event, so I got to see from the north end zone um not north end zone i guess it's on the west side but like um closer to that end zone my aspect ratio was really great for all of those fumbles um and i just want to know what your thoughts were on yesterday's game like where did it go awry obviously i mentioned the fumbles but where what were some of the other things you noticed where it went awry for byu you know i don't know some people may disagree with me here um and to be clear, I love the coaching staff, and I think Kalani's the right man for the job. But I think a lot of the issues came from focus before the, before the game even started. Yeah, I'm not sure the team came out. Uh, there just there just was something missing. They just didn't. They just didn't. Um, you know, it just the, the line of scrimmage. They got dominated, which they shouldn't have been. Um, and so, to me, it was more mental than anything. Yeah. Um, so, so my, my my thoughts are outside of the 
going up to nothing outside of that it's just he just didn't have it in us so yeah the i i, I yeah i think i think the team could have been a little more prepared that's my that's my honest assessment no i i 100 agree i thought it was really interesting so it seemed like when the rain started falling and jaron had the ball slip out of his hand on a couple of those throws um and yep. then after that like the fumble started happening and I just – it felt like there was a lack of preparation for the elements yep. that were going to be there. Um, yeah. And that was not something I expected because, I mean, I watched no. the game in 2019 when BYU literally played in a snow game, a rain game, a hail game, a wind game, all in that one evening. And it was like a right. really crisp, um, really sound game. But it was just so weird. I felt a lot like um, the Coastal game last year yeah. where – you just see like a totally different BYU team than you've seen all year. And it's just super frustrating. You're like, where are these guys minds at right now? Um, I, the defensive scheme kind of bothered me a little bit as well. um, When it seemed like uh, the the rain was affecting everybody. Um, They still kind of were giving um, a lot of run lanes. And then they were just throwing these dinky seven to five yard passes from Hank Bachmeyer. And it wasn't anything that was, really impressive to me but they were getting first downs because of the run game and after allowing 22 yards to utah state like why do you go away from that i i, I was really concerned what are your what were your thoughts on that side of things yeah the defense didn't bother me as much uh, because i think if you take away the fumbles the defense actually did pretty good yeah um because and i know there is a there's a cougar stats twitter account that, that mentioned um, earlier today that their two touchdowns came on a total of 36 yard drives yeah. So outside of those 36 yards, the defense actually only allowed four field goals, which is actually that, that, that's going to win the game for us. Yeah. So um, while it was frustrating, it's kind of who we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think I think fans need to realize that that's kind of who we are is that we allow we allow we it's hard for us to get off the field. But if it works, like it worked against Arizona State, it worked against Utah, um, if it worked against Utah State, if it works. Um, and you can put up enough points, then then you're fine. But the problem is, is when you turn the ball over, it doesn't work. Like when you play like you did against Boise State. So. Yeah. Did you notice anything besides the elements that was impacting the, I guess, the ball security aspect, or was it just I don't know? I felt like maybe some some of the hits were coming from different angles than what you'd normally. Yeah. See. I don't know. I want. I, I don't. I, I wasn't at the game. I watched on TV, but. I feel like that Boise State did a good job at um, the way that they came in and hit. That that, that made it more difficult for BYU to hold the ball. But at the same at the same time, they still they sh- the majority. Of, I mean, maybe, maybe lose a couple of those, but the majority of them they should they shouldn't have had. Like, I I think a lot of it was mental and just ball security and just I, I it's, just, it's just hard to say. But I even think even if you lost some of them, we probably still win the game. It was. The Algier one to me wasn't that big of a deal because they tied the game up, um, and we the, they tied it up at ten. Momentum still really hadn't shifted to them yet. I mean, they tied it up, but I was like, we're still going to be fine. Yeah, it was the kickoff return when Katoa fumbled that I that I think really kind of kind of turned turned things. And so, yeah. if you take away the Katoa kickoff return fumble, I think we probably still win the game. Yeah, I'm really surprised how many kickoffs they took out of the end zone yesterday between Davis and Katoa. Um, I thought they'd maybe call for fair catch within that 25-yard range that you normally can do and just take the ball at the 25 and start fresh. It's something they've done all year, and they kind of got out of that mode of, like, let's just be safe and take the ball at the 25. There's not very often that you're going to get the ball 
in a better position than the 25-yard line anyways. I don't think any right. of their kickoff returns resulted in them getting any further than the, the 25. Exactly, and they <laughs> resulted in turnovers, you know. Yeah. And so I, that's where I put it on coaching, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I just don't think the team was focused. You just can't make those kind of mental mistakes. And and, I'll, and, and, and going forward on fourth down has been super great for Kalani this year, and he's been really aggressive and, but I felt like that was a big mistake, especially the one right before the end of the first half, because not only did it take us out of chance of getting three points, but it gave them three points. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that was a six point turnaround, which at the end, if you take away those three points from them, that changes the fourth quarter because we're within a touchdown, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> it changes. You You might kick a field goal when you're on the five yeah. yard line after they stop you instead, or you might, exactly. you might do something so, else that way. There were a I, lot of points left on our fourth downs and points given up too that were that was just not good. That was one point of the game when you get the first and goal from the three yard line, and Algier yeah. is just I mean lights out. He gets stopped on the first play, right? And I'm mm-hmm. him the rock again. Can they really stop yeah. Algier three times from I mean right. three yards out? And it just felt so sloppy from the play calling aspect on that yep. side of things, where I'm like you know. I know they don't want to, look, I guess, show the hand too much with Algier and make everything around Algier, but that's kind of what the last three games have become is Algier's well, either saving the game or he's he's winning the game for us. You know what I mean? Well, and if you're halfway through the season. It's not like you're holding back that much more that other teams haven't already seen, right? I mean, I understand if it's the first game of the season, like against Arizona and you're playing Utah and you don't want them to see a lot. I understand holding stuff back, but you're, you're six games into the season. There's not much you should be holding back at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, I'm really hopeful that this is the game last year where, I mean, I honestly felt like if you beat Boise and you go 6-0 and into that second half of the season, I don't know if I see two losses um, coming yeah. in the second half of the season. My early, early season prediction was like a 9 or a 10-win season. So I'm like – this is money. Like they're going to be in that situation now, but I always um, have believed that it's harder to win, um, learn from a loss than it is a win. And that's usually the case unless you're just overlooking people. But um, I'm, I'm anxious to see now how they come out against Baylor because Baylor obviously is a five and one team um, playing big 12 opponents. They've, they've played some really tough um, close P five games. They blow out West Virginia last week, 45 to 20. And you kind of see, when Grimes is in a really good offense and he's and he's mojo, I guess, with his team um, is really good and the, the offensive line is doing well, they can beat anybody. Uh, and then there's the other days when they can't move the ball worth, worth anything. And I'm hoping that BYU, with some of the cues that they have on Grimes and Mateos, will allow them to take advantage and, and get a win, I mean, down there in, in Waco. But I'm, I'm a little nervous just coming off of this week because – I mean, can we score points in all four quarters? Can we play a complete game? And can we right. have this ball control? And I, those are my my concerns going into Baylor. I think Baylor's a really hefty opponent that we need to not overlook like we overlooked Boise for sure. Yeah. I um, So I'm left – this may sound strange, and I've been wrong before, so it's not the last time. I, I could be wrong again. But I'm less worried about Baylor today than I was on Friday. Really, and the reason why is because we played so poorly against Boise State. Yeah, and uh, one thing I've noticed is that in Kalani, like he, like like under his tenure, like we drop games that we shouldn't drop, right? Like the Boise game yesterday, the South Florida game in 2019, the Toledo game in 2019. Like, but when the team does that and their backs up against the wall, then they respond. So I'm hoping 
that this is one of those situations where the back, our backs up against the wall and we can respond. Yeah, uh, oh, and 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 part of me feels like if we would have put it to a Boise yesterday, maybe we would have come out unfocused against Baylor. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that makes more so, sense. Yeah. So I'm a little less worried because of how we played, and I know we're capable. We're we're a capable team, and so to me, it's like it's more of a mental thing for us to show up. The other thing that worries me is just it's just on the road, you know, and it's just. It's it's very different playing on the road as at home, and so if we had Baylor at home, I'd say we're probably going to win. But it, it, you, you just never know traveling to a hostile place and what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm a little less worried than I was say Friday. But um, yeah, I'm definitely concerned about our ability to get our. My biggest worry about Baylor, I admittedly haven't watched them a ton this year, but I just keep being able to get off the field because we haven't been able to do it against really anyone, and, and yeah. we've been able to win all of our games, but one and get around it, but we weren't able to get off the field against South Florida. We were kind of able to get off the field against Utah State. Um, so if we can't do that, then I think we're going to be in for a long day. Yeah. I, I felt this during the week. There was a lot of banter on Twitter and uh, around social media platforms about uh, who's going to start the game. Conover's getting the start, and everybody's like so sold on Jacob Conover getting the start, and we're down to our third-string quarterback. And I had heard throughout the week that Jaron was actually progressing pretty well, and then he – says he's progressing pretty well but then BYU kind of played it tight to the hip too like oh yeah we don't know who's going to start and in my mind that's not a, a good way to prep your team for playing maybe uh, one of your your most uh, your biggest rivals over at least the last 12 to, to 15 right. years you, you got to go in there with this is our quarterback he's healthy he's he's going to be fine he was fine last week but we rested him one more week just to give him that extra umph I guess that he would need possibly to to come out here but I felt like that was a major distraction for, for my yeah. side of things, for fans, for and I would imagine the team. Um, you have Jacob Conover, who's getting 50% of the starting reps, um, and that was during practice last week. Jaron, I, and I understand that. Like, if, you're, if your starter, your normal starter, is taking 40% of the reps, he should be able to go into that game and perform well enough. But I think for the team, that's just it allows some disconnect, and, and mm-hmm. I think he saw it. Um, come to play on the field yesterday, especially um, when the rain started hitting again during some of those times when it's like an element that you're not expecting. And I mean, if you're taking handoffs from a different um, quarterback throughout the week, I mean, it's just a different comfort level as well. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying Katoa would have, I mean, Katoa or Algier wouldn't have fumbled the ball because Katoa looked like he was on his way to the end zone and just um, had an unfortunate, I guess, hand hit the ball as he was, um, kind yeah. of taken off, but I don't know. I just there was something disconnected that way in the preparation for me as well that I could tell. And yeah. I don't know. Did you feel that as well? Yeah, and you you, you brought up the rain, and, and I don't think I mentioned this when you brought it up before, but uh, that's where I put on coaching because Boise State dealt with the same rain that we did yesterday, right? And they oh, yeah. were fine during it. So that's where I put it on. It's it real. I I think it was coaching. We just weren't prepared and. The, the weather shouldn't have caught us off guard like it did for whatever reason. And to me, that's on preparation. And like I said, I, I need to be careful how I say it because I don't want it to come off like I'm one of those guys screaming for Kalani to have his job because that's not what I'm saying at all. Totally. Because the right man for the job. But I also think that he, der- like the coaching, the coaching staff deserves a lot of the blame for the loss yesterday because I just don't think the team was prepared. Totally. I've, I've pointed this out to my friends. Um, so Hank Bachmeyer obviously takes that snap and has a fumble and then Peyton Wilber yeah. recovers it. But I mean, 
we obviously I think it was Pepe Tanuvasa who jumps offside and those are like the little undisciplined yeah. things that you see that normally in a good week of practice a good week of prep you're not going to see as many um, penalties but penalties derailed I mean that was oh, an yeah. opportunity to have the ball at the 50 yard line down six points with under four minutes to go I mean yep there's there's some huge and we were changing the ball. Goals. we probably score and, and take the lead at that point Absolutely. The, just the fact that, uh, I, I mean, I don't really care about Hall's interception at the end of the game. Uh, it's third and right. long. You need me to score two touchdowns or a touchdown and a field goal within a minute. Uh, was it a minute and 30 seconds or, or whatever it right. was? And So I'm like, you know, if uh, whatever at that point. That, that turnover doesn't bother me at all. But the opportunity to take the ball away and not capitalizing on that was huge for, for this mm-hmm. game specifically. And we need to get some QB pressure. Like, Hank Bachmeyer had way too much time, um, weren't really getting to him, um, allowed him to throw the ball away, like just little mm-hmm. things until the second half that you got to get that pressure. And I love Batty yeah. coming around the edge, like on some of those run plays in the second half, like he was breaking down the end and, and he was coming all the way around and getting tackles for loss on the running back. Um, and so there were some really big positives on defense, but just some of the undisciplined penalties aspect, maybe the the pass interference, which I personally did not see it as a pass interference. I don't know how, how yeah. it was on TV, but there was just a couple of those things where I'm like, ah, man, just undisciplined. So 100% understand. And that's been a hallmark, even in some of our wins, that's kind of been a hallmark of there's been some undisciplined mistakes that, that we've been lucky and been able to win those. Like I, the, the, I think uh, during the Utah game, there were a couple late hits out of bounds. And it's like, come on, guys, like you just can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> we ended nope. up winning the game, but so that I think the undisciplined stuff—that's not a new thing, but it finally came to bite us this game. Oh, one hundred percent. I kind of was reflecting. It was a painful one. I, I, my wife doesn't normally come to games, and so my wife's there with me, and I'm just trying to like bite my tongue because I was really frustrated. <laughs> and I, I don't know. It's just painful because I think when you get to five and zero and your team's doing really well you start to kind of think what could be, you know what I mean? Like any other fan does. And I really was bummed because I, I kind of saw this as my expectations at the beginning of the season were we're going to drop one of these first few games of the Pac-12, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's probably going to be Arizona State. I don't want to lose to Utah again. And I, I will never say we're going to lose to Utah, but I just, I don't know. I felt like, you know, this was maybe our chance. But then again, um, as I was driving home and I was trying to decompress my frustration, I just kept thinking, you know, we've actually been pretty fortunate to this point in the year to be five and one. There's so much still to play for. You know, everybody's yep. like, oh, we lost our chance to go to the we lost our chance to to go to an NY six. And I'm like, guys, at the beginning of the year, we weren't even thinking about any right. of this. The The reality well, is the winds have yeah. allowed us to think about it. What were you saying? Yeah. And the playoffs, yeah, they're out of the question, but. New York six. I mean, not necessarily if we went out and then other things happen, we still could get in the year six bowl. So yeah. we still need to do our part. And I, and frankly, if I'm being honest, I, I hard to, to go undefeated in college football. It's, it's almost oh. impossible to go undefeated. So even yeah. if we beat Boise state, we probably drop Baylor or Virginia or USC, you know what I mean? One of those games. Yeah. So it's just really difficult to do. And so maybe because we lost to Boise State, maybe one of those other games, we come in more focused and we don't drop that game. So just the fact that 
you just that I did not expect us to go undefeated, and maybe we this becomes our one loss and it wakes us up. Who knows what's going to happen? I really hope so. I, I've been really impressed overall with BYU. I think they've had some um, moments of resiliency, and people said they haven't really been tested this year. Uh, yesterday on Twitter, and this was like their first test, and they um, they proved to them that they they couldn't overcome tests. And I was like, you know, I mean, there was a point in that Arizona State game where. I mean, they're 10 yards away from the end zone on a, on a potential pick six, and Tyler Algier comes through with one of the best plays in college football all year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. adversity is not new to this team. I mean, you had adversity in the second half of the South Florida game. You had adversity, like right. you mentioned, against Utah where kind of some undisciplined mistakes, and you kind of let them back into the game like they had in years past. But I don't think it's necessarily, um, I guess, as much the fact that they haven't been tested. They were just tested in a different way with, with different challenges, and, and the turnovers aspect was was huge. So I, I really yeah, am excited for, for Baylor this weekend, and I, I hope we yeah. have Baylor-Romney back for Baylor as the backup, and I yeah. hope Paul gets the majority of the reps in practice, as he should, and that they can involve yeah. him in the run game a little bit more. Yeah, the other thing I noticed with Hall is, I mean, it was great to have him back. Um, and he's obviously our best quarterback. But I didn't know. It makes me wonder how how healthy he is because he didn't. He was he didn't really run right. And there were chances where there were there were opportunities where in past games he would have run for the first down and he and he didn't. Um, yeah. Yesterday, so I think it's obvious that he's not back to a hundred percent. But hopefully he can get. Obviously he's good enough to play, right? They wouldn't have put him in if he if he couldn't play. So. One hundred percent. It'll be interesting to see how that how that progresses, but yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I told I when I didn't know who was if Conover who was going to play, I was telling people like at work and family members or during the week. I said if Hall plays, I think we win. If Conover plays, I think we probably lose. And obviously, Hall played and we lost. So I was really <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I didn't, the, I didn't think Jared Katoa would fumble it three times. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surefire guys. I, I really think they're going to lock in this week. I, Tyler Algier is still one of the top backs in college football, still a top, I mean, NFL prospect as it pertains to running backs. And I just keep thinking Jaron Hall's really young still. He's a soft. I right. mean, he got his COVID year. So we have some talent that is still being developed. And I mean, Hall really right. is kind of in his sophomore year with his, his year off and everything that way. It's just, right. we have, there's so much to look forward to. And then, I mean, it comes all into perspective yesterday. I'm so, I mean, in a weird way, I'm grateful that Alabama lost because <laughs> it just yeah. makes it so like the number one team in the nation can lose to an unranked opponent as well. You know what I right. mean? Right. <laughs> it just adds a ton of perspective that way. And it was almost Michigan right. losing and um, Virginia Tech beating Notre Dame, too, if they hadn't come right. back like right at the end. You could have had a, a couple of really good teams um, lose yesterday. And every team, like you said, is going to have their struggles. And it's just a matter of when they're going to hit, when a team comes in more prepared than they do. And it, it could be anybody's right. week. Yeah. But um, I want to talk a little bit about um, just before we, we kind of end things. Um, I want to talk a little bit about recruiting because we got a huge commitment yesterday post game. Um, and there were a couple of fans that were like, this doesn't erase the pain of the loss, but I was actually of the opposite. I kind of actually felt a little bit more at peace. <laughs> Once yeah. I saw Isaiah um, um, Moa commit, well, what are your thoughts on, on that commitment from Isaiah and um, just kind of the overall recruiting that we've seen come from uh, the success that BYU has been having of late? Yeah. So before I talk recruiting, I'm going to put a little caveat in there. And the one recruiting isn't an area that I follow super closely. 
Yeah. Um, just because I just can't keep track of every high school kid who we're looking at and different <laughs> like that. So I don't, I don't follow it super closely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know a ton about Boa. I mean, I've just, I just know what I've seen on Twitter and different things about him. But, um, you know, I, I think that shows that um, the, the program is, is in a really good spot because um, even after a loss, like he still was, you know, ready to, to commit to what he, what he, what he was going to do. And the team didn't look good yesterday. And, but that, that shows all the goodwill that we built up previous to yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's good. And, ho- and hopefully he, you know, he sounds like he's out there and trying to recruit people and, and the Cody Hagen kid from Corner Canyon. And yep. hopefully this helps us turn the corner because we've kind of, the last 10 years, we've kind of got our butts kicked in recruiting inside the state of Utah and just against the University of Utah in general. So hopefully we can kind of turn that corner a little bit. And yeah. There's legacy guys over the last 10 years that went to Utah over BYU, right? Legacy BYU guys. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And and now we're starting to see uh, kind of the kind of the opposite. So yeah, even legacy Ute fans like uh, Moa. Right. I mean, I think his dad played at the U, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. But yep. um, the fact that you're able to, and just like you said, the in-state LDS people who are players yep. that have played really well, I've been able to see Moa a little bit, um, just because Weber High is really close to home. Um, between him and and Payne and Devries, um, BYU has quite the uh, stable of people coming from Weber High for um, during this mm-hmm. recruiting season. Uh, I really hope uh, Logan Payne commits to to BYU. I think um, just the the fact that his his dad was a kicker um, for BYU, I think, adds a little bit mm-hmm. of value there. But I was really stoked to see Moa decommit from Utah, and that BYU is willing to play him at that defensive end position that he was really mm-hmm. wanting to play. Um, I think it shows a lot of trust from the coaching staff because I mean we also have. Um, Fano, who's on his mission, um, hopefully yep. gonna get his brother um, Spencer from from B- uh, from uh, Timview and kind of start that pipeline again from Timview that has been there for a long yep. time. But I, I was really excited um, to see that commitment, and I like I said, it gave me a little bit of juice post loss um, and helped dull the pain a little bit, even though the pain was still there. And I mean, every loss should hurt until your next game, right? That you win and. Um, uh, it's just a learning opportunity, but um, I wanted to, to touch base on Baylor again, just a little bit more. What are some things that you think we can take advantage of from them? And then what are some of the, the weaknesses you'll think they'll kind of try to exploit in, in BYU's, I guess, game plan? You know, yeah. And, and admittedly, like I, I haven't seen a ton of Baylor um, this year, um, but I, I think hopefully their defense, we can kind of, I, I think they've, they've given up some points. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully our offense can 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 finally have that breakout game. We wouldn't want it to happen forever, and it just hasn't happened yet. So hopefully we can we can put up some points. Um, and then uh, what the thing that worries me, I think I mentioned earlier, is our defense getting off the field. If we, I think I think that's going to be the difference. If we can figure out how to get off the field on third down, then I think we have a shot at winning the game. But if we struggle. You know, like even like we did in some of our wins, I think it's going to be it could be a long afternoon. Yeah, um, I, I mean, am a little should, nervous. That shouldn't be a hot take. <laughs> it's pretty basic. No, no, <laughs> you get off the field, you're probably not going to win. <laughs> Definitely not. Does it concern you at all that we're playing? I mean, Grimes and Mateos, who know kind of the system pretty yeah. well. Or... Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they kind of they know Roderick and they know Fessy and they know their tendencies. And I've actually thought about that a lot, but. You know, that, that definitely um, – I think that plays to their advantage more than it plays to our advantage, right? Because they also know our personnel. The majority of the players that are here this year were around last year, right? 
Yeah. Um, um, and so they, and we don't, but we don't know their personnel like they know our personnel. So I think the familiarity with each other plays to their advantage as opposed to our advantage. I'm, I'm thinking about Siaki Ika, who BYU had a really good chance of mm-hmm. bringing over from LSU. And then he ends up following um, his former D-line coach from LSU over to Baylor. Um, and I, I want to know how he's going to kind of impact the game because I know he's, he's huge and BYU um, was kind of looking at him to, to replace um, Kairos Tonga, which Atunaisa Mahe has really kind of taken that role for mm-hmm. the Cougars. And I'm grateful for that because, I mean, it just shows that we had the depth. You also have Caden Hawes. I think it is that he's really come in and, and played great at the nose position. But yeah. um, Which I, there were a couple times on yesterday that Caden Hawes, I thought it was Kyrus Tonga. There were a couple of rushes <laughs> he had that – because he wears the same number, right? And I yeah, thought, exactly. That looks just like Kyrus Tonga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a big kid and he's strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think admittedly, like you said, I don't know as many players on um, Baylor's team. I know their quarterback's right. younger, um, but I know he's he's a speedster. Um, he's going right. to pose a lot of problems like we saw with um, McCain. McLean, excuse yep. me, Timmy McLean from um, South Florida in the, the run aspect of, I guess, the RPO that they kind of run there at Baylor. Um Yep. And I I do think the fact that the offensive line is coached by a Grimes Mateos combo, like I don't think it, it took long for us to note the changes in our offensive line that came when Mateos was there and when Grimes was there. Like it really right. it changes the way you your philosophy. And um, I mean I think Coach Funk's carried a, a that along really well, and he's developing yep. these offensive linemen. But you just really that's where the games are won and lost is in the trenches. Yep. And at the yeah, end of the day, that's like, where we got dominated yesterday. We shouldn't yeah. have, but we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's concerning to me because, I mean, I, I believe in Tyler Batty. I believe in Atunay Samahe. I believe in Caden Haas. I, I do believe that um, when we have Wilgar off the edge on a, on a rush or we have Chaz Ayu rush or whatever that way, like a lot of times we can get home or, I mean, even Pepe Tenovasa, whoever it is, is, is going to have chances. They just need to wrap up and tackle when they yeah. actually get chances. They can't yeah. miss those opportunities like they have been yeah. um, the past couple of weeks against Utah State and Boise. Multiple times um, they should have been on the ground. And, I mean, well, South Florida too. There was a play yesterday that actually they ended up got – forearm went down, so it ended up getting whistled down. But he was close to not getting tackled. And I can't remember who was on the tackle, but it was out in the open field. And I, it just wasn't a great tackle. We got lucky that his forearm hit the ground. Yep, but um, which is just yeah. I just feel like there's been a lot of that this year. That was Ben Bywater, if I'm not mistaken, out of that open, yeah. open field. And normally tackle. he's been he's been really great, but uh, I feel like on that play we we got lucky to the four at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that one, and then I guess Hank Bachmeyer did have the um, intentional grounding that was called in the in the second right. half. So I mean, there, right. those were the pressure points. Like you saw those, right? But and that play that play was that that was that intentional grounding was forced because of the defense like that was a great play by the defense oh yeah 100% do those so, honest, i don't know um i should know better with my like play um like penalties and those things but if i'm not mistaken that should count as a sack still right yeah, the, yeah okay. it counts as a sack yeah okay. it basically the penalty basically says it was a sack yeah. i think the stat sheet shows up in the sack yeah good yeah good. i was just like man we that's the other thing is we've in the games we've won, usually we've had sacks, um, and they've they've been able to get QB pressure in some way or another. So 
that's when you kind of started feeling the game turning back towards BYU a little bit. They scored that touchdown and they started getting some pressure and everything that way. But then, I mean, little, little mistakes, missing tackles. Um, you have that deep bomb that I, I couldn't tell from the TV angle um, after watching it. But, and I couldn't tell from my seat, obviously, if there if the ball really did hit the ground or didn't hit the ground. But fans are a little right. bit up in arms about that Shakir um, catch on the, the three-yard line that ended up with the field goal. But I think, I, that, was, I think that was a good catch. Yeah. I, it was a, that was a great catch. Yeah. Little things like, but it it was a great catch. (laughs) Yeah, those are the the times when those those end the game. Like that's what BYU did. They go down and they score. Right, they get down into into the scoring range and they capitalize. And I I think there's a lot of things that happen before that 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 really lost BYU the game. But even then, even if we give up that field goal, because say we don't give up the field goal right before the end of the half, we can still give up that late field goal and be okay, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> or what if we what if we kick a field goal when we're inside the five yard line instead of going for it? And so there's so many points that were left on or left off the board that really that last field goal that Shakir set up wouldn't have been that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's really true. And the, the turnovers are painful and, and everything that way. I'm I'm hopeful that as BYU fans, we can kind of just, like we've mentioned already, um, be grateful for the season they've had so far. Yeah. And, and hopefully the team really just locks in this week and says, you know, like, yeah. these are where we made mistakes. We're not going to make them anymore. And they just come out and play yeah. some of their best football. And that, I mean, it, it's weird to me that we're halfway through the season already. Uh, I'm really bummed by yeah. it, actually. <laughs> but yeah. the six more games that we get to enjoy our team on the field and and, hope, and the bowl game, obviously, as long as they get to that bowl eligibility, which no matter what they should with, I mean, Idaho State on the schedule and then Georgia Southern yeah. should be a win. But this could be a team that could be really special, 11-1 yeah. or 10-2 and or even 9-3 and again. And yeah. I just hope they, they seize the opportunity to, to make that happen. Yeah, I used to take losses really hard, and I, I still get frustrated. Like I'm frustrated after yesterday, but I try and just really enjoy, like enjoy the ups and not let the downs get you, and just say, "Hey, we still like let's win out and still go eleven and one." You know, we still have a lot left to play for. So, heck yeah, let's make it happen. And um, I, I do want to get your score prediction, just because that's something I've I've been looking for lately. But how do you how do you think the Baylor game turns out that way with score and everything? Um, you know, I, I haven't put a ton of thought into it, but I, I hope I'm going to say BYU 35, Baylor 31. I think there'll be a lot of points. Um, and, uh, hopefully we can, hopefully we, we can, you got to win. I don't think we'll, I think if we win, it'll be close. I don't think we'll go and blow them out. Yeah. I was kind of thinking 41, 31. I think Baylor puts some points up on us. Um, yeah. but I think this is the first game this year that BYU cracks 40. I really hope it is at yeah. least. <laughs> hey, I've been thinking that since Arizona. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's how it goes. We I thought last week was going to be a 35-24 and it always turns out differently, but I think yeah. there's some things that BYU can exploit um, for, uh, on Baylor and maybe our defense will come out better than we think and and we'll score yeah. a lot of points and have a great defensive outing. So, but I I really enjoyed um, chatting with you Ian and I appreciate yeah, you thanks. jumping on to talk Cougar football. We'd love to have you on again sometime, but 
um, yeah. in the meantime, just go Cougs and, and let's have a great weekend this weekend. <laughs> go Cougs. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.